and welcome to Gaming Fix, episode 172 on this May 15th afternoon for us, question mark. Uh, I'm Allison, hosting today because Andre's internet is not working very well, here today with Alex. Hi, I'm also here because Andre's internet isn't working very well. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah, Pat was uh, predisposed this, this weekend anyways because of racing. Of racing. Yeah, which seems cool, but then I uh, checked in with a little bit of a stream, and I'm like, this is a lot more complicated than I would ever want to deal with, personally. Yeah. Oh, we don't have a we don't have Andre, so we don't have a. Oh, your partner's favorite. Okay. Uh, I, I, oh, I thought I got, of oh. one. Oh. oh, okay. Go for it. Wait, you, did you, you think yours of one? And, yeah, I'll you do yours, and then I'll do mine. Then we're gonna okay. do a, a double. Okay, your partner's favorite space opera. Oh, well, that's Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Come on. I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And um, then I, can, I can guess yours. Yeah, Star Wars. Uh. Uh, the one I was going to go for is uh, your partner's favorite word that differs between regions. Oh. oh. In our case of uh, closed pin versus closed peg. Uh, I also like flashlight versus torch. Oh, that's a good one. Um, have you ever done any of those quizzes that are like pinpoint your regionality to this? And it's both, I guess a lot of those are mostly very U.S. centric. So it's, I don't know if they would be as Canada focused, but there's a lot of very specific language. Um, what was the one that I was really into the other day? <laughs> I was, th- I, I like thinking about these things that I'm like, I, I remember one that I was thinking about that I was really in- happy about, but I'm going to assume can't. it's British. Cause usually the British ones are the weirdest. They're, They're very like- good. Uh, the difference oh, uh, between biscuit and biscuit or chips mm-hmm. and chips. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's always, a, that's always good. Yeah. I can't think of. It, uh... That's okay. We have a whole uh, episode well, for it to come back. I, I, okay, <laughs> I like when, like, cotton candy is where it's called fairy floss. I think that's very cute. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Because <laughs> for, for me, like, co- it looks like cotton candy because that's, how, that's what I grew up with. But fairy floss is just such a cute name. That's true. Okay, I also like the difference between British, uh, our elevator... And the British lift. Lift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's also one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. That, I, I feel like every every so often something like that goes kind of viral. And then I'm always just like, Sam, 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 tell me. Sam, this is this true? true? Is, is salad cream a real thing? Oh, my God. I forgot that one. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, we're, and we're like, Sam, Sam, tell us this is true. And he's like, yeah, I don't see what the big deal is. <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> I, it, there's a big deal. It's it's a very big deal. Well, do you know what suspenders are in in the UK? Like, you know what people no. wears? Yeah, They're like sus- braces. Oh, what? Yeah, like what you would get on your teeth. They're called braces. Yeah. <laughs> huh. And uh, ice cream sprinkles. They are called. Hundreds and thousands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that, and I, I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole thing 
in the U.S. too, where there's people who call those jimmies, and then there's like, are those really jimmies or? Yeah. Yeah. So welcome to Gaming Fix. (laughs) (laughs) I I I don't know. There's something kind of there's something kind of magical of when we realize that something that feels super obvious to you is different to everybody else. So yeah, that's such as such as I didn't know that the Canadian pronunciation of bagels is weird. I had to think about how to pronounce it the American way. Yeah, bagels. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but the thing is, though, <laughs> the thing is, though, one place where Canada shines with that is that Montreal bagels are better than American bagels by far. Yeah, Montreal bagels are good. Um, they're good. They're good. I, I ate also, a lot of bagels I like, when I was in Montreal. <laughs> like, New York bagels are also good, but Montreal is like a whole different thing. Because they have the Montreal smoked meat, which is just divine. <laughs> oh, there's something to, where they're kind of like, there's like a crunch on the outside, but it's soft. It's just, oh, those are so good. Yeah, I, so everyone, go to Montreal. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, not like, let's not just, right now, mind you. Not right but. now. I mean, I honestly, when I go back to traveling, I want to go back to Montreal. Because it's, yeah. it's a very lovely place. I'd also like to go over to your neck of the woods in Canada because oh, yeah. I've, I've only like feeling. Yeah. Cause then, uh, nowhere else. Seems fun. Nowhere else, I, nowhere else. I love to travel, Allison. Where? To the Citadel. <laughs> and to visit some old <laughs> yes. friends. Yes. We're visiting old friends. That was a good, a uh, good segue here because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mass Effect legendary edition is here. Yay. Yay. I think you and I were the only two people psyched for it. I know. And I'm like, okay, I love talking with everybody on this podcast, but I was kind of like, ooh, Alex is probably going to be jazzed with me about this. So I was a little excited about just talking with you about how much I love Mass Effect and how much I'm enjoying playing Mass Effect for the millionth time, but on my PlayStation 5 right now. So. Yeah, it looks it looks really good. It looks really good. So yeah, I'm a, a, a few hours into it so far. I into played a little Mass bit Effect last. One? Yeah, in a Mass Effect yeah. one. I'm just doing a giant like all all oops all Mass Effect playthrough. Hopefully this year, <laughs> where I play through the whole trilogy again with this legendary stuff, and then also play all the DLC that I never played and just oh, enjoy God. it. Enjoy my universe. Yeah, like there's a lot of DLC and it's almost all included. Yeah, I think the only stuff that they didn't include was like, there's some weird stuff with Mass Effect 1 where they're like, look, the code for this is fucking broken. Like, we can't do it. We can't recover this. We can't recover this. (laughs) Like, there's a lot of like, apparently, um, like with, uh, with Mass Effect 1... Uh, a lot of the visuals are really upraised, which are which look really good. Like when you mm-hmm. first step out onto your first planet of Eden Prime at the beginning of Mass Effect One, oh, I was just man. like, "This is really good looking." I was like genuinely surprised at how oh. good it looked. But uh, with <laughs> one of the things that's a little interesting with the f- characters is that apparently they couldn't do anything to the animations without basically breaking everything. So yep. they <laughs> so it they have like new text. New textures and everything looks good, but it's the exact same old animations underneath them. So, like, there is a little bit of that, like, 
classic Mass Effect jank in there, but you're but it's like, oh, that that character looks good. And yeah, okay, that is the same old animation that I saw a million uh, years hope, ago. I hope that some of the old glitches remain, like when um you know, there's the gif of Shepard's head like doing a full 360 as he's turning to <laughs> see someone. Like, I hope some of those are still in there, but it looks way better. It looks really good. Like, there are certain times where I, I was, I didn't, didn't know how much I was expecting. I saw a lot of people doing comparisons where visual comparisons where they were kind of iffy. But there have been, especially like a lot of the environments you're wandering mm-hmm. around, they look beautiful which i think is really fun because one of the things i really love about mass effect one in particular is just that kind of exploration of the environments so i feel like that's really been fun is to just kind of be able to explore again and it feels and it feels almost a little bit new even though there are certain moments where i'm like yeah like uh, where i know that that normandy inside and out there there especially like that first mission on eden prime i'm like I'm like, oh yeah, here's where Ashley shows up, and then Ashley just shows up, and I'm like, yeah, I, I know <laughs> what's going on here. This is one of the yeah. games that I feel like I probably know the best, kind of like that. So, um, so it, it's like it's like visiting an old friend, but also it's like, oh, you've uh, you've really taken care of yourself, old friend, and uh, and not changed at all. And not changed in a weird way. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I think is really fun about this um, edition is that it's not trying to do something like, from what I understand, the Resident Evil remakes are doing, where they're like, mm. basically, we're different taking games, the different same, games. Yeah. Same scenario. Yeah. Right. Whereas this is bas- this is still Mass Effect. It's still got, a, it's still very much Mass Effect. But it's um, pushed in different direction. It's like kind of gently molded to be kind of a better version of Mass Effect, which is fun. So mm-hmm. it's I, I think if you if you're somebody like me that really thinks very highly of the series, um, and it, it, it's it's going to be a really good time for you because it's just like oh this is the game I love, but like they've made some of the combat a little less janky in one. Which I mean, I didn't even really mind that much, but it feels a little. It feels nicer. They've adjusted some of the physics with the Mako, which again is something I didn't really mind. But you know, it's it's nice. So uh, it's 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 just been really fun to play and just be like, oh, my friends are here, and then you get like you uh, you meet Rex again, and I I'm like, yes, I love you, and that's how I feel about all these characters because it's like that's the thing about these games in particular is that so much of it is character driven that when you see your old friends, you're just kind of like, it's them, it's them. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's very nice. So I'm, it's very cozy too to play this again. So I've just been really having a good time with re, uh, rediscovering my, an old favorite of mine. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know, so obviously they changed the visuals. Uh, yeah, they changed things like the Mako and the combat. Have yeah. they done any other updates? Like, did they add any new voice acting or redo any voice acting? I don't think so. Um, you know, I it, there might be some later on, but everything sounds extremely what I remember it to be. And I know yeah. that it's like they didn't just like replace any of the voice actors or anything. So I don't think so. And. Mm. 
like there there are specific voice lines that I'm like, oh yeah, that's the old one. Uh, like there are certain ones where you like, where I might not be able to pinpoint it, but there are certain ones where there are certain inflections that are just so familiar that it's just like, yeah, that's just this is the yeah, in but ingrained within. It, oh, one hundred percent. There are specific things that are ingrained with me, and part of that is also. Um, the fact that I've seen a lot of people joking about this, I am back to playing the exact same way that I've always played Mass Effect. Totally, even though it's a series that it's like about choices. I'm just like, yep, I'm back to being a Paragon. I'm back to playing the Vanguard. I'm a like that's war hero colonist. That's Uh exactly how I played it. Uh huh. Vanguard. (laughs) Yep. Just yep. Uh huh. Yeah, and there's big choices that are going to come up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm saving Kim instead of Ashley. Later, Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Ashley. Shouldn't have been a space racist. Um, Wait, speaking of Caden. Yeah. You made some decisions today, didn't you? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're doing So so a lot of the voice actors from Mass Effect are uh, doing, (laughs) like, events and things today, which is very cool. I paid like fifty bucks to get a signed picture of Caden from the voice actor of Caden. So Worth. that's where that's where I'm at right now because I just saw that on Twitter and I was like, you know, I think I need this right now. So someday, very soon, I'm gonna have a picture on my wall that is a picture of uh Caden Lenko and with the signature. It'll be great. <laughs> And then a bunch of Pokemon Snap printouts. And a bunch of Pokemon. I, yeah. I, we, were, we were talking about how earlier I am this close to buying one of those camera, those printers where you can print out uh, mm. photos from Pokemon Snap. So that's, that's where. Yeah. H- have you seen the latest um, Seth Everman video mm. that he just put out? No, I haven't. It's worth it. And one of the things he does is he goes to ostensibly eBay and p- picks up a bunch of fat Pikachu um Pokemon oh. cards. Oh, and bless. He, he literally covers an entire wall in them. <laughs> oh, my God. I need to watch that because <laughs> Fat Pikachu is the best Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Them slimming Pikachu down like they do. <laughs> this is the worst comparison. Like they did with Garfield is the worst. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 70s he, Garfield is pretty great. He's just a pretty, lump. He's just a lump. And then he, they suddenly like made him like this very like slender so like, like, cat spherical almost cat yeah <laughs> like which sphere, is very, sphere yeah sphere sphere legs tail. arms tail yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas i'm like fat, fat pikachu has a has a character to it and i totally yeah to the point where when they use that as um in sword and shield as the gigantamax i was just like yes you won you won me over yeah, I did. Like, I did appreciate that too. <laughs> but yes. yeah, Mass, Mass Effect seems good. But did uh, did you ever finish Mass Effect three? Because like for me, I got oh, yeah. halfway. I got halfway through it, and I was just like, ah, I love Mass Effect one and two, but I can't finish it. I'm, I, I I am a Mass Effect three defender, but at the same time, I'm also a Mass Effect Andromeda defender. So my opinion might be completely worthless about Mass Effect. But <laughs> I. <doubt laughs> I I don't know. It's just one of those things where I just love this, the universe and the characters so much that I'm willing mm-hmm. to just push through, even if it's not, even if there's a, like, like the first several hours, like even as somebody that's a, an Andromeda defender, the first several hours of Andromeda are rough, which 
is bad because that's the the hours people most played and then gave up and it's like they're they're not good but um i'm willing to push through it because there's something that is just so appealing about this universe and like i I don't know like having missions on a spaceship is very much like my wish fulfillment type things for a game so i'm just like i'm willing to push through anything to make that happen (laughs) so but i i actually like three quite a bit um even if it's the controversial one before they had a, an even more controversial one. But yeah. for me, I never even got to the ending, so that wasn't my issue with it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'd be interested I, in, in doing your same journey of one to three, just do it all again. Cause I haven't played mass effect one probably in. Yeah. Probably damn near, damn near 10 years. Yeah. It's been a while for me too. And it's, it's, very it's very fun to revisit especially since i i think the crew in one is maybe my favorite crew yeah same because there's just there's just a lot of like i feel like all of the characters are just so really likable for me where i'm just like i i love all of them and they're all just so such strongly made characters i'm just like i just like hanging out with all of you so Yeah. yeah um and I, I have to say, it is, um, it is from what I've seen, it is the game that they tweaked the most, considering that um, 2 and 3, they definitely adjusted the, um, like the combat quite a bit between 1 and 2 to make it a little mm-hmm. more streamlined and everything. And so that they kind of added some of that back into 1 right now, which I, I don't know if anybody is like... I was super attached to the combat in Mass Effect One, so I mean, I, I, mean, I was I liked it enough. To, like, do you still get to pause the combat and issue orders and pick up? Yes, different uh, do you like biotic like, stuff? Yeah, yeah and diff- different equipment with different stats. Like, uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, then it's probably fine. Yeah, and and then um, from what it feels like the Mako like. The maps are still largely the same. They've made the Mako, I think, a little bit more weighty and more difficult to, like, kind of roll get over. In, yeah. get, or get stuck. Like, I got stuck once, and I was like, I'm back in Mass Effect. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I'm stuck in the Mako. How, this is this is it. But it, but it's pretty easy to get it st- out, because I think that they made it a little bit more weighty and maybe have a little bit more traction to the wheels. So... Mm-hmm. There, it's very rare that there's a mountain that's not climbable with it. Which ain't again, no, I ain't no mountain high enough for the exactly, Mako. exactly for the Mako. And I, and again, as as Mako defender, I'm like, oh, this is this is great. But I mean, it's still largely a lot of the same stuff. But yep. the reason I like it is just that it's, it feels like you're really just exploring this universe and yeah, kind of. Oh, here's so, this world we don't know much about, and let's get on there. Oh, there's a giant sandworm, which I just did, and oh, that uh, one, yeah, yeah, that one where you're just like, oh, let's go over here. Ah, it, like, it feels like there is this real sense of discovery, which is yeah. what what I really like about those Mako segments. So, even so, if the yeah. So one question. So one thing yes. I really did like more about Mass Effect One versus Two and Three mm. was the way how almost every side mission took place on its own planet. Mm-hmm. Like 
even though the planets in Mass Effect One, they kind of sucked. They all looked kind of the same, made of like they're all kind stuff. of yeah. Yeah, have that has that yeah. remained? Yeah, you okay. still have the large galaxy map where you're going around. You might enter a um, solar system and you a system, and you're like somebody's like, "Hey, FYI, uh, there's some trouble. This person's being held hostage. Can you come figure it out?" And then you go to that planet. And you wander around the planet and you find the stuff. And it's, it's yeah. largely pretty much the same of that, which I personally really like. Yeah. It, you even saying that's like, man, Mass Effect 1 was really like a really, really, really long Star Trek episode. That's okay. That's why I like it. <laughs> I just yeah. like that, that very much that, um, to be honest, like even campy, almost. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, to be honest, like I like a lot of the overarching story of dealing with the Reapers and everything, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't have minded if it was just like, "Hey, you're this person. You got a ship. You gotta go do missions and stuff. Have fun." Like I would have kind of dug just that with Mass totally. Effect or, yeah, or or a sequel or anything. So. Yeah, like and, I, and you got like Saren in Mass Effect One, so it's you even got like a a very visible pro- art antagonist that has like personality and oh oh, uh, Saren is fucking rad. Like he shows up and you're just like, like these are good people. Smarmy, this, so smarmy. And then you have Keith David as Anderson, and you're just like, oh yeah. my god, this is so good. It's I I I just love these games so much. Totally. So I'm very, I'm very happy, and uh, this is very fun. It makes me a little bit sad because I know that the likelihood of Bioware being able to make games like this again is kind of low, um, considering nobody except me and only me liked Andromeda, and uh, then you had, you know, all there. There's just a lot of mess with with Bioware, but. Yeah. Yeah. The games that they did make that are really yeah. good are just hit very specific, like sweet spots for me. Where I'm just like, totally. I'm just so glad these games exist. Please, yeah. Bioware, do this again, but for Dragon Age Origins, thank you. Um, Please, Bioware, do this again, but for Jade Empire. Ooh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't play much of Jade Empire because. I played it several years on after the fact, and it was just like it was so Janky. jank on my computer yeah. that I just could not. It was just like not really feasible to play it. So, yeah. but I wanted to play more of it. But I was just like, this game is very jank right now, and mm-hmm. I have other things to do. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I played uh, it on uh, original xbox i think that i borrowed from my friend let's say it may or may not have been modded uh and it was a great experience that game that game rules like i don't know um i've heard a lot of people say especially this week that it feels like the golden age of bioware kind of ended around mass effect one maybe dragon age origins somewhere around there yeah no i'd say that where they kind of went from being like oh they're doing their own thing to being kind of, you know, that arm of EA to being that AAA yeah. developer. Whereas I feel like there is something yeah. kind of special about a lot of their older games. Um, I mean, yeah. I'd like to go back someday and play some of the like way older stuff from what, like, Bioware. Like MDK2? 
Yeah, just like and you get two rules. <laughs> yeah, just play some other some of their older various things. Like, but I mean, like I personally would say that I stand for Dragon Age Origins probably being that. But at the same time, I love I love Mass Effect Two. I love I love all the other Mass Effect games. Um, mm. I think Dragon Age 2 is quite underrated, even if the, uh, uh, dungeon design dungeons stuff. are bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where you, or you're like, this is the exact same map I would played like 30 minutes ago. Th- that seems, <laughs> it's just the door moved over. A little bit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Where you walk in the map and you're like, Hmm, this feels very familiar. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. For, for what it's worth, MDK2 blew my mind as a kid because, um, I mean, I grew up in Alberta and mm-hmm. uh, what happens at the very start of MDK2 is like, oh, there's a city under attack and it's Edmonton. And I'm like, I've been there. That's like an hour <laughs> north of where I live. Oh, no, it's Edmonton. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, I have felt the exact same way, but about Minnesota and things. So I feel you. <laughs> Where you're just like, it's the place that I've been. Um, Yeah. Like, like there have been times where they do that in like the Mall of America. And I'm like, I go there sometimes. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I, I, but no, it's, it's playing it. It's a little bit like kind of sad where you're like, oh, it would have been, it would be nice that Bioware didn't eventually become. Formula. Yeah. (laughs) The yeah. it didn't eventually put out Anthem, but at the same time, it's <laughs> and the Old Republic to an extent. Yeah, I mean, I play. I I tried to play the Old Republic a lot because same. I because I love like Knights of the Old Republic a lot, and so I'm like, okay, I want to get through at least through the story. But I was just like, I don't want playing this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I had a friend try and convince me to play it as well. I played like two or three hours, and I was like, no, <laughs> no. I tried no. to play more of it, but. So, so it's like, but it's nice to, at least for me, be like, man, this game, Mass Effect still holds up. Um, yeah. And I'm hoping, I don't know, that they do this, give this thing to Dragon Age Origins, because that's, it, I, I like, I feel like I like the Mass Effect universe better than I like the Dragon Dragon Age universe, but Origins might be my favorite Bioware. Like, Mm. overall. Yeah, that's totally fair. Just because they're... Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, you know... But, it would sure be nice if we also did not this kind of treatment for... Knights of the Old Republic. Um, Who did KOTOR 2? Was that Obsidian? That was Obsidian, yeah. Yeah, so they would never get both of those in one pack, probably. Unless EA did it, rather than Bioware. Yeah, I mean, that'd be kind of, that'd be cool if they could, though. Yeah, it would. But, anyways, I, I, (laughs) maybe I've rambled about Mass Effect enough, but I just, I, there's something about the series that does that to me, and it's, it, it's yeah. Mass Effect is so strange because I would also say it's one of my favorite series, but only one and two. Even yeah. even only bearing one and two in mind, that it's still like one of the all time greatest. But it had every potential to be like the best trilogy in all of gaming. 
that it just oh yeah it kind it kind of whiffed the ending like even if like I imagine even though you you enjoy three like I imagine that you it's probably you can recognize like the ending. It, well, not not just the ending. Like it, the last chapter of the trilogy was not the strongest. Where it no. had every oh. potential. To, it had every potential to and be the strongest. To be the best. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I I think that the fact that it is so, uh, like I mean I feel like there was always going to be a potential for it to be controversial in some way because sure. everybody was always going to be why didn't my choice to give that person an autograph at the beginning of Mass Effect 1, come back into the play for the fucking finale. Like, people would be mad yeah. that all of their choices didn't come together as, like, one giant thing. The, the uh, diamond shape. Regardless. Yeah, the diamond yeah, shape think, where it fans out and then it has to come back at some point. Right, and it's like, you get it to, like, especially with, um, you know, AAA game development, you kind of know that that has to be like that. And... Mm-hmm. You know that they can't just have like 500 endings based off of individual choices. That's just not feasible in any sort of way. Yeah, unless you're heavy rain. <laughs> but like, it, it's not feasible. But at the same time, uh, I think that, you know, even regardless of necessarily fan response, it could have been a game that people, especially people who are looking at games critically or people who are reviewing it, could be like, wow, this is, uh, you know, like it could have been maybe even like up there as like best game of all time. I mean, considering totally. the people, like the reaction people had had to Mass Effect too, especially. Yeah, like it, three was a weird situation where it's it was a combination of things. It seemed like where it was a lot of ambitions in one and two that like they were largely delivering on like one and two yeah. were pretty ambitious. And then like, yeah, you were doing a lot of changes that were switching or like changing your experience game to game. Like, especially if you think about things like, yeah, do you let Ashley or Caden live? Do you let, do you let Rex live? How does the suicide mission go for you? Things yeah. like that where like, yeah, those definitely have big implications in future entries. But three, it seems like when it was coming out was a combination of, having to wrangle in all of those ambitions and tie all the threads in a satisfactory way. Then also mm-hmm. it seemed like it was one of the heaviest times when EA was like exerting its influence. And that's why you had mm. like a good part of the team splitting off to do the multiplayer mode and like how they locked up. Um, oh, what's his name? The Prothean from oh, oh. Uh, in, behind DLC. Yeah. Uh, there were a like, lot of cool characters behind DLC, which was not great. Yeah, and it's like, man, that the the third game it it feels like part of it was ambition catching up with them, and then a big part of it seemed like EA just kind of stifling all of it. Yeah, no, I I get that. It's let me see if I can find. I I, I know that they've released stats about the Mass Effect choices, which are uh that are very weird. Oh yeah. uh Oh, Javik was the mass, the number of people who play male shepherd over instead of female shepherd is like. Mm-hmm. Do you do you not have opinion? Good opinions. Uh, most <laughs> people it? play as soldier, which is weird. Well, okay, this is about Mass Effect Two specifically. Oh, okay. Um, before Mass Effect Three came out, and eighty-two uh, percent of people played as male shepherd. What? But Jennifer right, exactly. Hale's so good. Exactly. Yeah. Jennifer Hale is amazing in, in, as Shepard. And playing yeah. this, I'm like reminded, I'm like, you are so good. 
is. I mean, Mark Mir is good too. Don't get me wrong. Oh but, yeah, like but, there's nothing wrong with him. But, but at the Jennifer same time, Hale rules. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see if I can find the Ashley or Caden because most people chose Ashley, which was very, very surprising to me. Because lady, I uh, guess. Yeah. They're like, oh, that's another romance option. Ho ho. Even though she's just terrible. <clears throat> I mean, I have called her and to my friends, uh, space racist Ashley very much. Oh yeah, yes. like the, it, it, it's. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's it's accurate, but. Anyways. Yeah, I can't Anyways. find it, but it's okay. Yeah. Anyways, B. Play Mass beep? Effect. <laughs> I don't know where I, thought, I was going. With I this. thought you just said just beep. beep. I'm like beep. Beep. Uh. Uh, that is the one thing about Mass Effect that I wish there were more of were good robots. Not enough good what? There's, there's what? There's, there's at least one. You got Legion. Yeah, Legion's great. Like, no, not, yeah. nothing to say against Legion, but like, you need to have cute robots, like like Star Wars droids. <laughs> oh, what are the little dudes that run around the Citadel? The little tiny ones. Oh, the they're not like really. N- not the collectors. The the little not, robots. Like not the keepers. No, sorry, not the keepers. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember their name. Whatever. I guess, but you don't really. I don't know. I just want more, more cute robots that you get to hang out with, or more, like, uh, I'd say the ultra public type robots. Totally. Anyways. Okay. So the hood of a car in the UK is a bonnet. Mm. What is the trunk again? In boot. Boot. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway so that's mass effect i'm excited to play all the dlc because that for some reason never went on sale a lot of the time so i was just like i don't want to pay 20 dollars for that but at the same time all the dlc yeah now there's all this dlc in here so yeah except for except for a specific amount specific uh oh because the for the Pinnacle Station DLC is not in there because yep. they lost this the source code. Yep, and they couldn't recreate, and they're like, nah. They're like, nah, <laughs> and honestly, like, who cares? Same, like, like I, I don't know anybody that was happen. like, oh, this is this is non negotiable, but yeah, because there's like sixty DLCs or something over the. There's thing. a lot of DLC. Yeah. Um, okay, I got another one. Hmm. Aluminium. Oh, that's a good one too. <laughs> All right. Anywho, I think that's enough time. So we're gonna go jump over to what you've been playing, which is a. Uh, I don't know how to make a good transition. I'm not. You know, I'm not Andre, but you've been playing near, and uh, yeah. you finished the e ending. So how's that been? Yeah. So I guess if we're talking about games from around the 2010s. Yeah, uh, getting yeah. a remake in this modern era. Uh, I have been playing another one of those, which is Near Replicant, and I think I've been talking about it for like three weeks now. So yeah, yeah, because um, it ain't a short game. Uh, I think my final clock was somewhere around sixty-ish hours uh, to get it, maybe sixty-five-ish, and I did pretty much a hundred percent of everything except for upgrading all the weapons, which takes forever. Mm. 
uh, and it's just literally just grinding, um, mm-hmm. grinding and getting materials and stuff, which is all RNG based. And it's like, you know what? Not about that it, life. Yeah, uh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. But as it stands, nah. Um, so yeah, I finished. I think by last week I'd finished ending A and I'd started B. And now this time I have finished B, C, D, and E. So if y'all aren't familiar with how Nero works, that game doesn't end at the credits. No. You play it <laughs> uh, once and you've seen like barely anything. Totally. Or, like Yeah. Yeah. Like that that became very clear in Near Automata, where the B playthrough it starts different. Um, like you you start the game over and you're playing as a robot. As, not as in an Android, not as in 2B or 9S. You're playing as one of the enemy robots. In Man, very, I really need to play near it, huh? It's really good. Uh, <laughs> but like, it's very you clear. Have me, so you get to play as a robot. Yep. And it's very clear that like, oh, you're getting a completely different perspective on everything now. And so you also get that near replicant. And bear in mind, near replicant is much older. It's like eight years older mm-hmm. than near uh, automata. Because it was in like 2009, 2010 that it originally came out, and um, with a much lower budget. So, uh, a lot of parts of it aren't the most ambitious. The side quests are pretty much all fetch quests. Um, I mean, like, that's kind of how it was at that time, though. Totally. And like, you're only really working within like four areas. Like, you mm-hmm. got your village, you've got this area to the south, this area to the north, and this area to the west. And that's kind of it. Um, so it's reusing a lot of areas. It's like it, you can tell it's a game made with a small budget in terms of where you're working with. But the thing is, kind of like Mass Effect and the characters, it becomes your familiarity with those areas, and it makes them feel cozy in a way. Like that's kind yeah. of unique. And it's like, oh, I get to go back here. Yes. What are we gonna like? What's changed? What character? What What are my favorite characters up to? And stuff like that. Um, so that's. A really cool aspect of it and with near automata where each ending is very clearly something different is happening like you start mm-hmm. it and it's like oh this is 100 percent different no in near replicant every time you start it it starts you from the same point with like almost the exact same events happening and you playing the exact same stuff uh and then there's slight changes that happen along the way like stuff that's almost subtle um I don't really want to spoil it what it is for the B playthrough, but you do get another perspective. You get a character you didn't know was joining you, uh, providing their perspective and being able to hear them, uh, even though they were there the whole time, uh, which lets you kind of understand more about the enemies you're facing. That's all I'll say. Um, And boy, howdy, does that game make you feel like a complete piece of shit at some points <laughs> like one of those yeah it's like i don't want to do this but you can't progress without doing it so here we go <laughs> um and it's really good uh the one thing i will say is the c playthrough wasn't my favorite uh, i mm-hmm. think the story payoff it has is very good but you're doing 90 percent of the same stuff without much uh content change before you get gotcha. to the ending. and then when you get to the ending it's really good and then the E ending, um, <laughs> without spoiling, because this is the ending that's brand new to this version of the game, mm-hmm. uh, you are playing probably two or three hours of 
exact same content that you have played before. Like you can kind of speed run it. You can kind of skip cutscenes because none of that is changing. It is literally exactly the same, but you reach this one point where it is monstrously different. And from there, it's just complete. Like you, t- you have taken a fork in the road. Instead of going left, you've gone right, and everything is different. And actually, by the end of E, I understood why they had you replay those two or three hours to recontextualize because you've probably forgotten some of the stuff that happened right. way back then. And it worked, and it was really good. And the story revelations that it provides are pretty buck wild. So, ending E is worth experiencing. If you care about Nier, um, you should probably get to it, even though it's hard to get to, uh, because it rips. <laughs> to put it lightly, it's really, 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 really interesting. And it does stuff that I, at first, was like, are you going to do this? Is this actually the direction you're going to go? Oh, yeah. Yep, you are. That's weird. Okay, yeah. And then the execution, I was like, am I cool with this? And then as it kept happening, I was like, yes, this is awesome. Uh, and I later learned that the ending at E was originally supposed to be in the first, like first release of the game, but, uh, mm-hmm. they didn't have the budget for it. And it was also, very oh, see, that's, that's one of the cool things I think about like re-releases where I feel like a lot of people are talking about, um, you know, like understandable questions of our you know, should we preserve the old versions? And I think we should, but at the same time, I feel like with a lot of uh, things like this, where they're able to present the version that they wanted to present mm-hmm. 10 years ago, but they weren't able to, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Which if you actually listen to or read uh, articles with Yoko Taro, that's mm-hmm. specifically why he calls it version 1.22474487139, I think. Um, yeah, I'm looking at my video. That looks right. Okay. Um, anyways, because it most of the story content that was in the original, well, all of the story content that was there in the original is still here. It has just been augmented. It is a version upgrade, uh, yeah. which is why, yeah, it has this full new ending with like some pretty buck wild cutscenes and all new assets, like all new areas, all new assets, and just all this stuff that, yeah, looking at what they do with it, a hundred percent. I can see why they wouldn't have the time or budget to do this. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Like it was, it's actually pretty crazy. Um, and like, yeah, like they, I went and read some of the other differences after I finished just so I wasn't spoiling myself at all. And, um, how to put it, there were subtle differences again with like kind of little forks along the way, um, where you don't actually get any agency in those, but, it's a difference between playthrough, like there's a difference between B and C, uh, where you go through this one encounter and it has a different outcome. But that different mm-hmm. outcome means a whole new set of assets, a whole new set of animations, just like all this new stuff, uh, just for like a five to ten minute thing. And they didn't have time or funds to do it back then. So this is their this is kind of the game of the year edition you know it's the it's the the remake that fans should want but no going in near uh gestalt and replicant had kind of a uh reputation for being hard to get into and mm-hmm. uh it has a lot of kind of busy worky kind of stuff you have to get around to get to the good stuff that remains true uh near automata is a more streamlined experience you can tell they had eight years of 
iteration and experience and like just lessons they learned to make it better. But um, this one, you're kind of getting this. Most of the warts have been, you know, freeze dried off and removed, but uh, there's still some scars there that you have right. to, you have to acknowledge. And it, that's why I would say for me, it's like, it's a 10 out of 10 game. I love it. Uh, however, I don't think I would recommend it to everyone. Like, I don't know if I would uh, wholeheartedly recommend it to you if there's mm-hmm. parts of this that like you seem like you wouldn't have patience for to see the full experience. You know, th- that is the thing that, that makes me the most nervous about it is I'm really interested in seeing the story of both this and uh, like Automata like through all the way through. Mm. But there does feel like there is a lot of repetition, busy work to get to the good parts. And there's just mm-hmm. so many video games out right now that in a you know, lighter amount of time, in a lighter time where there weren't quite so many games, I might be like, sure, I have all this time, but also, do I have that much time now? Uh, who's to say? But I feel like I want to push through and play that. Um, I'm going to quest- ask you uh, mm. what I asked you before. Should I play near Replicant first or Automata first? Having finished this, I feel as though if you finished this first, mm-hmm. It's tough to say, honestly, because it would give you a lot of context for what's happening in Automata, like without having to think about it. You'd just be like, oh, that's what this reference, oh, cool, that's what this area is, oh, that's what this character is, and stuff like that that they're talking about or you're seeing. It's like, but if you're going into Automata blind, you don't get any of that context. But in a way, it's built with that in mind because. You're playing as those two androids, 2B9S. They don't have any of that context. So the way they're reacting to these things is very mm-hmm. just dry. It's like, what's this? I don't know. Um, which, that's what you're reacting to it as. And um, I think if you had that context, you as the player would be like, oh, fuck yeah, pumping your fist, being like, oh yeah, that's Kainé's Shen. Look at all those uh, those lunar tears. And like I say those words to you and that probably just eyes glaze over and you're just like, what okay? Huh? <laughs> lunar, what what is a lunar tier? Okay, who cares? It sounds like but some like, anime ass shelf stuff. So I I feel it, but it it isn't even. It's a flower. Um, yeah. But like, what is the significance of that? You have to play a full sixty hour game to really get it. Yeah. But so like, if you want that full experience, then I would say sure, play replicant first. But if you are intrigued by playing. Uh, the more polished experience first and kind of, you know, having the best possible near experience you can have with your first go round. And if you really like it by the end, like by the time that E ending happens, then yeah, go back to uh, replicant because it'll answer all of your questions and it'll recontextualize a lot of automata for you in some really cool ways. So I, I think I would recommend automata first still. Okay. Even though I think Replicant is really good, so yeah, uh, I want to talk about ending E, but I can't. <laughs> it's something that people should experience. Oh man, it is buck wild. <laughs> see, that's the thing. I want to get to those experiences, so I, I don't know. We'll see. It's Again, really I'm pl- I'm doing a full replay of Mass Effect trilogy, so I feel like I should probably <laughs> enjoy some new games too sometime soon. But there's too many games, I guess, because I also 
uh, if Andre was here, he was going to talk about Resident Evil Village. And uh, yeah. I vaguely want to play that, too, even though I've never... Well, I played a decent amount of four until I got annoyed with it. <laughs> but yeah. uh, um, I, I want to meet me. Tall Lady. I do love that we Googled Tall Lady and she's... And it is the, the first one. It is all the results. I was like, okay, so... Uh, we were basically like, I, I had the idea of like, is tall lady, would that come up with, if you Google that, uh, would lady she show up at all? and it, it is, it is all her. Yes. It is all resident evil village. It's, yep. it's great. Anyways. It's like a grid of pictures of her and then every result underneath it is her. So yes, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, strollers, you know, the things you push babies around in prams. There's prams, but they also call them push chairs. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> push chair. Okay, that, that's a, that is one thing I'm, I'm going to be like, Sam. Sam <laughs> are, you, are you messaging him right now? Uh, not right now, but. Okay. Uh, I mean, Tic-tac-toe? It, it, it is, yeah. Knots and crosses? Oh, yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah. That is weird. Don't they call <laughs> underwear pants? Yeah. 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 So anyways, anything else anyways, you want to say about uh, Nier? I would really love to have a spoilery talk about parts of it, but yeah, I don't think this is the venue to do so. And no. I would, I would not like to spoil some of the coolest parts of that game because no. they are worth, they are worth experiencing um, fresh. Yeah. So. I, I liked, you know, I, I, I'm going to try to get into it at some point because I, I, uh, from what I've heard, I've tried to keep, kept, be as spoiler free as possible, but I, I love good, good story bits. So I'm hopefully going to get into that. So the only thing I would say is if you, you, but also people in general listening, if you're not familiar with the works of Yoko Taro, Mm -hmm. be aware he is extremely nihilistic in his writing. (laughs) You are not, you are not going there for a good time. Right, and that's that's the other thing too is that I feel like that is very opposite of my personal worldview. So it's like, man, I don't know how I feel about that. But at the same time, I want to experience some. I want to experience good stories. So yeah, and and, yeah. and it does it for what it's worth. It does have enough hope in it that you're not just constantly depressed. But yeah, um, but yeah, there's there's some stuff in there that's very rough. Yeah. Uh, eh. Do you know what British people call baked potatoes? Jacket potatoes? Yeah, jacket potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one a lot, actually. <laughs> or um, the apartment building. What? So, so you know an apartment is a flat. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. an apartment building is a block of flats. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> And then you got the first floor of a block of flats being called the second floor. Oh, yeah, that is that's fucking weird. <laughs> Anyways, is that what we got for games, Allison? We could talk. I, I, you weren't here the one week I talked about Turnip Boy, where I said I oh, think you came away from it the same way I did, which is I like, played this like is okay. a decent amount. I, I played a few hours of it. It was, I wanted to like it better than I did because it, it it's cute. But 
It leans some really the, hard on the meme Some stuff. of the meme writing got a little much. Yeah. Like, the best part of the writing was having Turnip Boy rip everything up. That was the that one was, part where was I was cute. just like, like the, I like this. That's the only way he can interact with any piece of paperwork, basically, is like, oh, rip it up. Oh, here's this picture of your family. I'm going to rip it up. Oh, Yeah, okay. <laughs> here's a check for a million dollars. Like, you know, that's... Yeah, no, it's... I, that's one of those things where I I liked that a lot. And I wanted to like it because I, that's also one where I saw the title uh, and uh, which the full title is Turnip Boy Commits tax, tax, tax Evasion. And I yeah. thought, yes, this is a game I would like to play. Uh, but I yeah. just I, I just thought it was fine. And I didn't really, I felt that the gameplay was kind of eh, and that a lot of the yeah, you know uh, Zelda E and also kind of Bullet Hell E in places. Yeah, and, yeah, and and a lot of the things were, eh, but I, I I wanted to like it more. But if if it intrigues you, the ending is really interesting. Like okay. the last act is very. It takes a turn, uh, which you can kind of see coming if you're paying a lot of attention, um, mm-hmm. but. It takes a turn, and the turn it takes is very, very strange. Yeah, if I have some time, maybe I'll get back into that because it's yeah. one thing I would enjoy, but like it, I want to like, but it's it's fine. I, anyways, I'm not I'm not as hot on it as some people are. Anyways, I've also uh, I I don't need to talk about it, uh, but since I I have my Vita now, I for whatever mm. reason been playing a lot of Hot Shots Golf on my Vita. <laughs> So okay. that's where I'm at. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, um, Hot Shots Golf is good, but no, that's not yeah. what I was expecting. <laughs> no, I and it's not what I was expecting to be playing a lot of today, but it's a very good thing to play while watching TV, I find, mm. because it's very good to like where you can just kind of set it down if you're in the middle of something. And so it's a very good multitasking game. Mm-hmm. Um and I for whatever reason I just really like uh video game golf for some yeah. reason. So did you ever play desert golf or golfing? I can't remember. Uh, I play, I think I did maybe. I don't know. I didn't, if I, really, did. I, I didn't like it very much, but <laughs> I, I think I, I, yeah, I think I played a little bit of it, but I didn't really vibe with it's it. Fine. But it's, <laughs> it's basically just endless mini golf. Whereas I'm just like golf story, golf story, golf story. Give me more yeah. golf story, please. Um, that's where I'm sports, at. <laughs> sports, sports story. Sports please. story. I'm so excited about sports story. As somebody that does not follow sports at all, I love golf. I love video game golf for some reason. Anyways, did you did you play what the golf? Yes. Were you into? No, it? I liked what the golf. It was good. Yeah. I. I I, I it made me laugh out loud a few times, which is, which is what I wanted. And I mean, I had it on Apple Arcade, so it's like, right, I wasn't right, really right. paying any money for it. And right, yeah, I forgot it was Apple Arcade. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. But I, I like Golf Story and Hot Shots Golf slash Everybody's Golf quite a bit. So <laughs> I've been, right. I forgot about Everybody's Golf. Yes, they did the name change. Yeah, um, which is the. Actual title in Japan, in, but in then Japan, they changed but for, it for North America. Yeah, for North it. America, they just changed it to uh, Hot Shots Golf for whatever reason. But 
but I, I like I like that series a lot. So hey, that's I. That's the thing too is that I don't know if I'd like to play a golf sim like an intense, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like like a PGA game. Yeah, like something that got really serious about it. I like golf games that are a little bit. I don't know. Arcadey. Arcadey, exactly. I like sure. arcadey golf games. So totally. Yeah, so that's something I've been like, enjoying, like, and like I'm Mar- Mario Golf. Oh my god, I'm so excited for Mario Golf. <laughs> <laughs> I am like so excited. Speed golf mode or whatever it's called. Oh my god, that looks so dumb. I am so into it. That's the thing. <laughs> it's like, give me those dumb, dumb modes, and I am excited. And that's coming out next month. Oh my god. Jeez. Oh, there are too wow. many video games. Yeah. But I'm gonna buy it right away because uh love that arcadey golf and speed and no, golf is so stupid. And no self-control. No. Same. No, oh my god, I don't. <laughs> Especially when it comes to buying games. I the uh Famicom Detective uh club uh, games just came out and I This weekend, yeah. Yeah. I'm this close to buying both of them, even though I have no time to play them, but totally. I I I want to support that Nintendo is that, like that effort. That, that exactly, exactly the effort of like let's port these NES detective games and get put all this effort into making them modern. Like it just seems very weird in a way that I need. I would like to support. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, 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 I like su- I like supporting that level of effort for games that nobody thought about. So, yeah. well, uh, but they're kind of it's kind of expensive, though. It is, but it's like many hours of. Yeah, and they put a lot of effort into these. So uh, we'll see. And I also like those kind of detective or sure. kind of games. So, yeah, um, we'll see. Drugstores. Do you know what they call those in the UK? Uh, oh God, I think I do. No. The chemists. Oh, the chemists. That's right. <laughs> oh, wait. I need to find this for, like, Canadian slang so that you're like, this is totally normal. Oh, here's one that's not Canadian slang. It's Saskatchewan slang. Vico. Yeah. Vico is uh, chocolate milk. Then what? you got bunny hugs. What? A bunny hug is a hoodie. What? <laughs> yeah, Saskatchewan has some some fun ones. Yeah. <laughs> News. <laughs> News. All right. <laughs> Why is it okay? We're already at an hour, and there's just two of us. We're just like I don't fucking know what this, this podcast is. Anyways, let's talk about some news. Ubisoft. Yeah. Everybody's favorite game developer and publisher. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and they have delayed Skull and Bones, their uh piracy type game again, which has been uh like it has been delayed so much. And I th- I think the thing that put it into perspective for me mostly was when somebody in our group chat our podcast group chat said that it was uh it's been it's been announced longer than we've been podcasting and considering 
<laughs> Considering we're on episode 172 of weekly episodes. Um, we've, it's, it's been, yeah, okay, yeah, it it's was. It's been. It's been. Uh, yeah, there, it looks like a lot of, uh, E3 2017 was when they were showing off a lot of it. Yeah. So June I mean, 2017. Yeah, that game no. is never coming out. Let's be real. No, that game no. is that game is dead. I mean, it's man, it's one of those things where I'd like having a pirate game would be cool. Yeah, but at the same I mean, time, did anybody? I mean, like uh, Sea of Thieves obviously recovered, but I don't know. I've never really played it. <laughs> well, because yeah. I don't like multiplayer games very often. Is the thing, but <clears> I mean, true. I liked Assassin's Creed Black Flag quite a bit. Yeah. Um, they they should just finally rework and re-release that um, Pirates of the Caribbean game that got canceled. That apparently sounded oh, really amazing. My God, I would love that so much. It was uh, supposed to be really good, but yeah, no, I mean I don't doubt it, and I feel like that is a uh, a universe that could very much um, support like a really fun, good video game, but at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah, uh, it, it. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, Armada of the Damned. Is that the one? Yeah, that that's the of? one. Yeah, it was made by the same people that made like Tron, uh, Tron Legacy. Mm. But then, yeah, and it's like Disney was like, "Lol, JK." <laughs> oh, this would have been a good game. I, I have a, I have a fondness for the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, even if the first movie is the only good movie. But <laughs> sure, uh, yeah, huh? I, that's the only that's the only one I really cared for as well. So yeah, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Back in the day, in the mid two thousands, when the original sequels came out, uh, I was may have been active in that fandom. <laughs> so yeah. that was a fucking I, I weird fandom. But, but anyways, um, those those movies just got strange. They the just point got of like weird. I, I I haven't seen four, but then I watched five because it very like specifically a was. There's a fifth one. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it is really bad. It is <laughs> extremely bad. Um, I watched it in part because it was very specifically uh, dealing with very specific lore things that we as a as a fandom, I'm like, this is not compliant with what the lore was at the end of the third movie. Um, but uh, and then I watched it and I was like, this movie is just shitty. So that's that's not. It's not worth Bad. it. The only the only thing that makes it possibly worth it is that, in my opinion, the best character of the entire series is Jeffrey Rush's character Barbosa, and oh sure, and he just like fucking loves to play that character, and he's just like hamming it up, and I'm like, any any uh, excuse to watch him do that is is good. But that's the only. It, uh, but that's the only reason I would, could say to watch the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie, which For is one, really bad. But one character. Yeah, one character. One character who's like was the antagonist, and now he's just like I'm. I'm still here. Um, yeah. I'm still here. But he is the best character, I think, in part because Jeffrey Rush clearly is just like this is fun. I just get to ham it up as a pirate. I don't know. Uh, Pirate, what got tentacle face? Oh, he doesn't have tentacle face, doesn't he? he, he no, that's uh, that's in the sequels. Oh. He's in the first one where he's the main antagonist of the first one. 
And then he just kind of shows up in the sequels and he was like, I'm here, I'm back, and I'm not an antagonist anymore, sort of. (laughs) You know, one of those. We're buddies, I guess. We're we're buddies, I guess. (laughs) Um, But no, but I I still think that the first Pirates movie uh, holds up as being genuinely a really fun movie. Um, Yeah, I haven't watched it since then, but totally. I mean, I haven't watched it in a long time, but but I might, maybe I should go watch it tonight. Anyways, yeah. anyways, about- Skull and Bones, it is never coming out. Um, yep, never. Anyways, news. Uh, uh, cro- crosswalk, do you know what that is in the UK? Uh, what? It's a zebra crossing. Oh. And, and uh, to turn something counterclockwise, that is to turn it anti-clockwise. Oh, yeah, I like that yeah. one. Uh, so, okay, news. Speaking of cross things... Uh, <laughs> That is fucking, Sony uh-huh. is going to charge for crossplay in <laughs> video games. That's not quite it, but you were, yeah, that was so good, I can't fault you. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just reading this in here. Well, but they, no, they charged them. They're not charging anymore, but they did in the past. Okay. Yeah. So, like, this came out of the Apple v. Epic yeah. thing where uh, a document kind of came to light talking about how, um, you remember when, like, you know, Epic was like, "Oh, we're just accidentally turning on the crossplay between Xbox and PlayStation that one right. weekend." Right, and, and 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 Sony was like, "Nah, fam, not about that." But they were well, because Sony's narrative for so long was like, "Oh, it would be so much infrastructure to set up, and it would just be not, it would not be feasible for uh, us to set this up and our developers to set this up." And Epic was just basically like, "Motherfucker, we push one button and it works." So right. it, was cl- it, it was clearly. It was like clearly they were not being on the up and up as to why it wasn't correct. Yeah, what they were doing. Clear- it was clearly Sony just being buttholes. And honestly, yeah. Um, and this was also around the time when Sony was very much like in their whole uh, like PS4 heyday. Like they're at the height of the market, and they're like, "Oh yeah, like oh sharing games. Here's this pithy video uh, taking the piss out of uh, uh, Microsoft since we're going with British Britishisms today." Um, and like, again, this was around the same time, same era. And so everyone's like, oh, Sony's the good guys. And it turns out, no, no, they're not. What happened was, um, in behind the scenes, there was like a bunch of emails that got leaked saying like, Hey, yeah, we'll do crossplay, but we need to ensure that like any, if you, you, the developer have registered your game with crossplay with us and some other platform that if someone buys something on another platform, like something on an Xbox that we get a yeah. cut of it. Which is buck wild. Yeah. But. So basically they were saying if you want crossplay, you gotta give us our cut from all stores. Because like they were never doing it for the players. They were just like concerned about their bottom line. And oh yeah. I mean I mean that's that that I feel like that was pretty understandable considering um how it how it played out where they're just like we can't do it it's just not possible. And then it was possible. But uh, but yeah, this is, I did not see this and now I'm like, you know, on the one hand, it's like, wow, this is, this is frustrating, frustrating, but at the same time, I can't really be surprised yeah, and I'm not exactly would, shocked that Sony was you, doing this. You're not exactly dual shocked. <laughs> oh, I was going to go for, <laughs> I was going to go for Bioshock and I'm like, that's not relevant <laughs> to anything here. 
it was it was close enough. Yeah, but anyway, I I the this uh, epic Apple trial has been buck wild. There's so I, much random shit that's come out of it, and like so much dirty laundry for the game I, industry as a whole. I know. I need to. <laughs> I need somebody to do just like a deep dive and just go through all of it. And I'm actually. I follow the. Um, Isn't uh, Rebecca he, Valentine? Isn't she doing one? Oh, I should check that uh, out. I think she's but, been doing one. I would have to look it up again. Yeah, I, I also really want the YouTube channel Legal Eagle. To do oh a yes. breakdown of all of this because he knows quite a bit about like copyright law. And I think mm. that's something that he practices in too. Um, so this is a, is a YouTube channel where it's a, uh, an attorney who practices and he's like an actual attorney and he, uh, talks about like, uh, legal things that are happening in the news, but also like legal movies, TV, things like that. But, yeah. uh, he should cover, I hope he covers this. He's certainly covered a lot of other, Weird, like weird legal things that have based, based stuff, yeah, yeah, and media things, and and I and he definitely, and I, I'm pretty sure that he's talked about copy. He's very familiar with copyright law. He talked about the uh, Nike Lil Nas X shoe stuff. <laughs> really, I didn't so, actually know that. Oh That's yeah, funny. he has a whole video about that. But it, this has been wild. The whole thing with um, Itchio was. That was bananas the, that was gross <laughs> where itch was, was like dumb. talking about where they're talking about the unspeakable games that were on itch.io yeah. yeah we talked about that the other week it was yeah <laughs> unspeakable so uh <laughs> i just googled this and apparently somebody's making a game jam that's like a, unspeakable the unspeakable games. jam <laughs> hell yeah on May 7th, 2021, a legal representative of Apple said that games on itch.io were so offensive we cannot speak about them. Uh, so it's time to make more, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. And there's two games that have been uh, submitted so far. There's one that's about, that's like a game called Court Hearing 9000. So it's presumably like legal stuff. And one mm. that is just called Dong. So. <laughs> just dong just dong it's, is, is it's, it, a, it's a pong it, clone but it's a it's called <laughs> dong is it, is it like capital d lowercase ong or is it like all caps dong oh i i didn't check i that's, all lowercase dong uh, but that's I I I love it. I, I I love how many devs and people are coming to the defense of itch.io about this because it's like come on. Yeah. Like itch.io is so like great too, devs and everything. And 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 they're the one company that last year did their gigantic bundle for Black Lives Matter, which yeah. is really rad and mm-hmm. Looks like it yeah. okay, looks like looks like the um, image in the thumbnail is uh-huh. all caps dong, but then Wonderful. in the title it's D underscore, or not underscore, D lowercase ONG. So I don't know. Give me a second. I'm going to Google dong. <laughs> any, oh. Oh. Uh oh. Any, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, uh, do you know what gotch is? That's a Canadianism. 
No. Gotch, gotch or gitch? Like, guy crotch? No, it's it's underwear. Oh. <clears throat> Do, wait, is that like, how common is that though? It's a Saskatchewan thing, so not very. Oh, okay. <laughs> Man, it's Saskatchewan, just like, it's like, I don't know, it's their own... They're their own world over there, man. Own world, okay. Don't don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, next up is uh, Resident Evil Village. First week's retail sales are the worst in 19 years, presumably for Resident Evil. I did not check. Um, But tied for best global launch with Resident Evil 2 behind Resident Evil 6. Yeah, I think Andre put this story in here, so I don't have the full context for it. Evil first Village week, sales. I'm Googling this. Week, okay, retail sales worst in 19 years. Oh, it looks like the first week sales in Japan were the series worst okay, in 19 years. I was going to say that makes more sense because the tide for best global launch makes sense to yeah. be outside of that localized area. Do, I wonder does why. Japan just not like tall ladies? We need to do like a, an investigative piece. Um, Japan's family so, okay. tall ladies. Yeah. Um, and their daughters. <laughs> and, and, anyways, yeah. So it's it's uh, so outside of Japan, like Japan is is. I'm reading about a bunch of this. I'm trying to skim this while we're talking. Um, mm. A lot of this is a lot of these sales data that they're looking at this, which are with Fabitsu, um, and they're looking at physical copies. Mm. So presumably digital copies are becoming more mainstream in Japan like they are in well you know i mean th- to it, an extent like a, a lot of a lot of their charts are still physical only or still they they do prioritize physical sales but at the same time especially yeah. since japan right now is having a, such a big covid spike right now i can imagine that a lot of people who might buy a physical copy are going eh, no or holding off or i, I don't know yeah. But I also feel like, excuse me, it's been it's for been. a long time. It's been um, <laughs> for a long time in Japan, consoles and PCs haven't been the dominant platform. Right. It's like, mobile. It's mobile. So there's obviously not going to be any mobile version of this. There's not a Switch version of it. Like if it came out on Switch, it probably would have sold gangbusters. But I it don't know sold, how many. Yeah. I don't know how many households in Japan have a ps5 or a pc or a, well i mean or, from or speaking Xbox, with but. from speaking with with andre it's it sounds yeah. like getting a ps5 in japan is a nightmare and a half but but is that, i wonder if that's because they're not stocking any because they don't anticipate people buying them or because they're selling out like i don't know which one of those it would be so it's tough to say like i i'm all that to say i'm not super surprised that it sold better globally than it did in japan but yeah yeah, it's 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 I, I it's, it's yeah. There's a whole lot of factors in there, and I don't know if it necessarily is reflective of any one thing, and just kind of more of lots of weird things all happening at once with the consoles and with COVID and with digital and with everything, and yeah. and Japan apparently not being a fan of tall ladies. So yeah, I don't know. So whatever. I mean, anyways, <laughs> that's that's fine. It seems like a good game. Sorry, yeah, I, it seems not, good. I'm interested in playing it, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Sony apparently has 25 PS5 games in development and almost half our new IP. Uh, which, man, uh, looking at the so at the PS5 store, there is 
Not a whole lot still. So I'm excited for more PS5 games. Nothing exclusive, you mean, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, Um, there's there's stuff in there, but it's not. I don't know. It's it's good. It'd be I I see that. uh, Yeah, and specifically like PlayStation Studios with Sony, so they're putting up. They're looking to pump out a lot of games. Um. I wonder if they're all going to be their kind of mega blockbuster style or if they're actually going to go for like a, you know, like a medium tier, smaller commitment kind of thing. I would be really happy to see if they could put some more medium tier or even some kind of lower budget games in there. Like just yeah. some interesting stuff because I, I feel like, I don't know, like I love playing, I, I love playing those games, but I feel like I get like, fatigue from them if that makes sense like where i play the the bigger ones you mean yeah like your your god of war is your last of us right i play god of war and i'm like i don't need to play a game like that for a while i don't know what it is it's like 90 percent of what sony makes (laughs) exactly third person action games with yeah and i'm just like i like i I played all of god of war i liked it a lot but then i was just kind of like no i'm good i'm good i still want to actually uh finish horizon zero dawn so that i can play the new horizon game but i i don't know we'll see we'll see but it's it's a it but hopefully it the way that they're saying that there's a lot of new ips and hopefully that means that they're not going to be these giant mammoth games like these because those the thing is that those cost a lot to develop as well oh yeah like those kinds of giant experiences so if if they're making 25 if they have 25 in the works you'd have to assume that at least some of them are going to be kind of on a smaller scale yeah like i'm trying to think of a it feels it feels like we've kind of lost the weird japan um that we would get in like the playstation one era of yeah like uh what was the name of that game the one where like you're that Oh, like Mr. Mosquito is something that comes to mind. Oh. But there's also my first like, thought was Tokyo Jungle. <laughs> oh, sure, that's PS3. Just not PS1, that, but that is yeah, so weird. It's great. Yeah, Tokyo Jungle is awesome. That is um, a good but, game. What but... is the name of that damn game? It's the one where you're like, it's like this Japanese family, and like at some point you're like rolling down a hill as the dad, and like going through an office building, and oh crap, I'd have to look it up. But that like, sounds just, like a mix of I don't know, what you're, I don't know what you're talking about, but that sounds like a mix of Octodad and. Katamari, which I am here for 100%, but. Uh, I'll look in the mean. In but the I don't know. Part. I mean, like, I, I, it would be really nice if they were just like, they got some weird devs, people, devs who are very much like, make their own thing, just give them money and just go, I don't know, do what you want. Because, I, I mean, I don't know if that they would necessarily, Sony as a company would necessarily do that, but I would love to see just weird weird games like I, I don't know why tokyo jungle is one of the first things that came into mind but it is a weird uh, game and it's uh found it yeah uh, incredible crisis is what i was thinking mm, of. Mm. but like yeah just like it feels like everything has become very safe especially for like the first party studios is you yeah. don't see as many risks like risks being taken on just weird shit which is a shame because the risks the risk taking games are the ones that i like the best so, totally. 
Yeah, it, it would be nice if they just kind of. Man, what if they made another Mister Mosquito? Hell yeah! <laughs> this game is so weird and so bad, but I love it. I never incredible played crisis. it, but I've. You, you should yeah. look up some Incredible Crisis after this. Oh, it is, I am. I am going to. Very, the way that you described strange. it, I am like, I need, I need this in my life. Um, yeah. It's. It's just bonkers, weird Japanese-ness where like you're suddenly doing a dancing mini game and then you're like running full speed down a highway, like passing cars and like there's submarines that are flying at you. And it's just, it's everything you want out of Japanese weirdness. Right. And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it would be really nice to have, if Sony was a company that would be willing to use their incredible amount of resources to not necessarily be safe, but to make a wide variety of weird, interesting games for their console. I don't, I don't know. It, yeah. I, I understand how expensive game development is so that they want to be safe, but at the same time, not every game needs to be or should be the type of AAA experience of something like a God of War or, or Horizon Zero Dawn or uh, Last of Us or something like that, where it's like just so where the budgets for those are just like obscene. Whereas the budget yeah. for, I'm assuming something like incredible crisis is not, you it's know, not, not that high. <laughs> yeah. And it's also just incredibly niche um, because yeah. this was in the PS one era and it was like, a, I think it was probably a Japan only release. So here in North America, you weren't playing that unless you imported it. And uh, like, no, the, they, have, the, the, they released the, it in America, North America. Oh, they did. Incredible okay, crisis. Great. Yeah. Wonderful, but like, like <laughs> e- even that being the case, like it's still incredibly niche. And the thing is, like now with digital stores, like we, yes, the indies are definitely holding that banner high. Like yeah, uh, like we we were talking about uh, 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 Turnip Boy. Like that's yeah. weird. That's niche. That's something that a AAA studio wouldn't make, obviously. Right, and then you um, have something like even on the PlayStation, you have my my beloved Bug Snacks. Like sure, yeah, I, that's know, also have, weird, but. But it's not yeah. Sony making it. No. Granted, but I don't I mean, think they it, made Incredible Crisis either, but that's okay. No, it was made by Polygon Magic. No idea. No, neither, <laughs> neither do I. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. No, and I mean, I, there were, I, part of it, this might be, like, in my day type thoughts, but I just remember the first time that I saw something like Katamari Damacy and totally. being just like, what the fuck is this game? What yep. the hell is this game? Or what is watching, this king of the cosmos? What? Like, I, just, like, I, I, I distinctly remember being at a, um, like a lock-in at my school library. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> somebody, one, of one of that. Well, yeah. because I was part of my, um, the friends of the library club and we had mm. like twice yearly naturally. lock-ins. Did you say naturally? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hey, I was one of the co-presidents in my senior year of high school, so. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, but we had these big lock-ins, and uh, I just remember one year somebody brought a PS2 uh, and games, and one of the things that they were playing on, like, the screen was Katamari Damacy, and just being like, look at this game! <laughs> I need this in my life! And, I, I don't know, like... Watching stuff on, I don't know, like G4 or something and seeing people be like, here's this weird game from Japan. And I don't miss the way that people talked about it. It's like, 
Wow, look at how weird Japan is. But at the same time, like, there's a little bit of mystique about these kind of games being produced well, by these studios. and Because it was a different kind of creativity than what you saw in North America, mostly. Yeah. It's just because it's, like, a lot of non sequiturs. It's a lot of just, like, I mean, the concept behind Kanamari, right? You are making a ball out of stuff, and it gets and then so big. Making it into it, like, a star, it, yeah. It, like it gets so big, it takes over the world essentially. Like yeah, just, and you roll, just, you go from rolling up uh, little candies and pins to rolling up continents and buildings and continents, and yeah, like, yeah. It's just incredibly and I mean, creative and like just so different than what you were seeing in like you know twisted metal at the time and things like that, right? And I mean, you have like a lot of, you have, um, like you said, indies taking the mantle of a lot of this, especially with stuff like, like with um, Katamari, kind of that similar feel, which I don't think was quite as good, was the game Everything, where, yeah. or where you play, you, hmm? <laughs> or Wadham. Yeah, or just like, there's still those games, but at the same time, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 it would be nice to have more major developer or major publishers or major developers or major consoles supporting those weird things. And I, I think that's probably why I like stuff like that Famicom detective club stuff is because it's like, it feels like uh, they're like, wow, we're going to do something really fucking weird because uh, I don't know. Yeah, but we're going to remaster these relatively niche. lavish production value on right. something that is niche. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, so but we're going to revamp this uh this niche detective game that was only released in Japan and <laughs> put a lot of effort in. And, th- and that's the thing that I like. Uh so that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to see from it. And that's why I like for as um Nintendo's certainly not doing things perfectly, but that's why I like kind of play a lot of Nintendo games is because I feel like a lot of times they take that kind of risk. Um were willing to at least put their money behind stuff like this. So, I mean, it, it, and it not depends too on specifically the when when what's going on with Nintendo. But I, I don't know. It's just it would be, just be nice if we didn't if not every big Sony every Sony produced game was like God of War. <laughs> Yeah, or Uncharted, or The Last of Us, right. or you know, just all, any Days Gone. Like they're all uh, Horizon. They're all yeah. Yes, they're all different, but they're all very similar. Yeah, um, yeah they really even, are. Even uh, Ratchet and Clank, to an extent. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> even Miles Morales slash Spider Man, to an extent. I mean, to an extent, like, yeah. I mean, that's like I think <laughs> those games are great. Like I've played that. I've played a lot of those. But I mean, Infamous? like. I, but I mean, to the but I, I know that when I play like Marvel, like the Spider-Man games, those kind of specifically fill that niche for me. So I don't feel like I feel like oh, I don't know if I necessarily need to care about Last of Us or something, even though they're completely separate games, completely different in every single way. That there's just like that. There's just something about that kind of big AAA third-person action feel. Where I'm just kind of yeah. like, I don't need to play all of them. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm yeah. Ca- trying to look back and see what, like, Heavy Rain was a little bit out there, which was nice. Yeah. Little Little Big Planet was a little bit out there, which was nice. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, hopefully these new PS5 
things. Yeah, and hopefully, I mean, something interesting. Yeah, and hopefully, the uh, mass of them means that there's at least some sort of interesting thing in there. Yeah, and half of them being new IPs. So yeah, that's pretty great. Uh, I'd be curious what yeah. what the other half are like existing IPs. Is that stuff from PS One? Right, and is I mean, that... those probably can. Cons- I mean, like I'm assuming that the oh. part of those are the ones that are already announced, like like the new Horizon game, oh, like the new be, yeah. uh, God of War game. I don't think that the 25 are probably all new games, and and then also like the yeah. new Ratchet and Clank. But but what if what if what if, what if what if one of them was Knack Three? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I was just going for like, what if it was another ape escape? But hell yeah, that would also be great. But the, they made that medieval game that turned out not great. So yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, <laughs> our last piece of news is that oh. apparently there's oh. a rumor of an ape escape three. Is it really? That's but but that's a PlayStation Two game. It's probably a remake. Anyways, yeah. Last piece. Of Anyways. News. Last piece of news, Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest is going on, and Hell there's yeah. that new class, which actually, that looks really, really rad. Uh, the, yeah. The Reaper? Yeah. Yeah. The, the Reaper looks cool. I mean, like, Scythe pretty is pretty badass. Pretty, pretty, listen, like, a Scythe is a pretty fucking rad weapon in any sort of uh-huh. game, so that that and, looks pretty pretty rad and, and you get your little ghostly buddy hanging out with you that like attacks with you and uh like one of your uh stronger abilities that you get is to basically meld with them and then you become like this weird porcelain faced avatar that's extremely powerful for like 30 seconds oh, it's, it's like cool. i mean <laughs> and that's i mean that's the cool thing about uh, final fantasy 14 to, uh, as well as where is that you can play every class so Oh, Everybody's yeah. like, oh, this is going to be, you know, fun to play. But totally. yeah, you can try you, it was, out. <laughs> yeah, you can try it out. If you if you like it, great. If you don't, eh. uh, are, are you, anything else that you see that saw that was uh, exciting for you? It looks really cool. And Walker looks really awesome. However, the trailer, amazing. Don't watch it if you haven't played Shadowbringers. <laughs> I'm gonna say that now because it spoils <laughs> some Shadowbringer stuff. That, yeah, that's uh, another thing game I need to keep playing more of because I really liked playing it. There's just too many video games. It is Anyways. a large time commitment. It is a large time <laughs> sink, and I'd like to put more of it time into that. But yeah, like it is a big ask in a lot of cases, but it's yeah. also real good. Um, yeah, the, all the Endwalker stuff looks fascinating. Uh, yes, the new class and all that kind of junk, but. Uh, the story implications are very, very interesting, and especially because they've we've talked about this before, but they've explicitly said that this is the end of like this arc, yeah. Um, like with basically these characters that you know, and like uh, the story of Hydalin and Zodiac and like the Warrior of Light kind of stuff. This is the end of it, and that seems pretty bold for an MMO to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to say, like hey, we're like. This, this, it's done. We're starting something completely new after. Especially since Final Fantasy XIV is, is, uh, so, I don't know. Like, Final Fantasy XIV is, is kind of at its prime in a way. I mean, like. Yeah, it's, it's beloved it's, at this it's point. R- people, it's, it's up there as being 
just played by so many people and so many people love it. So many people loved Shadowbringers and mm-hmm. are really excited about this. So it's it's pretty bold to say this is this is going to be the end of this arc. Yeah, like but, at the height of their power, I guess. But I'm excited for it to see what they do next because Yoshi P, the dude in charge of like the creative director of the whole pro- project, has been like has and again I think we said this last time they had a fan event, but he's dedicated himself to making Final Fantasy 14 his life work. So mm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like he's putting himself behind it, and he, you know, Shadowbringers was real good. And all the expansions were good, so mm-hmm. I would have some faith in him and the team that he chooses to to put behind it. So it's exciting. Yeah, and, and, and I think sorry, I think they announced the date for Endwalker. Finally, it's November twenty third. Let me look. Nice. At, I, I think you can get in early if you do like pre order the deluxe edition or something. But uh, Endwalker release date. I believe, <laughs> nope, that doesn't say it. That says, yeah, November 23rd. And then there's, you can get in a week early with the deluxe edition. That's what it is. Cool. Anyways, yeah, I, I, I do need to play a little bit more of that. Um, but anyways, uh, I think that is going to do it for this week's episode of Gaming Fix, unless you have anything else to add, Alex? Do you know what they call a sedan? Like a sedan car? No, what? A saloon. What? Okay, that... <laughs> I don't know why that was the one that blew my mind the most, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you can find us on, on the internet at Fix Podcasts on Twitter. Um, listen to us on all of your favorite podcast sites. Review us on Podchaser. Review us on Apple. Review us on whatever... <laughs> send us emails too it would be nice to get some emails um, at to gaming at fix.space uh, where can people find you Alex uh, probably taking a lot of naps this weekend oh god same same yep. <laughs> I, I took a very big nap in the middle of the day today and it was very nice um, and you can find me on twitter at w-r-i-t-e-r-s-e-r-e-n-y-t-y alright well thank you for listening to this episode of Gaming Fix bye everybody hey. Thank you, Allison. (laughs) Bye. Bye.